One of the most profitable horror movies ever made, this tale of an exorcism is based loosely on an actual event. When young Reagan starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism, and the church sends in an expert to help with this difficult job. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our weekly episode, but more importantly, our anniversary episode. Yay! Whoa! Hello, Ashley. Hello, Nick. Oh, my goodness. What a special day it is. I wish I had blowers. Maybe I'll get some sound effects in here. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome oh. to CDF's one-year podiversary exorcist extravaganza. Did you practice that? That was great. I didn't. That was just like off the cuff. Organic. Like, it was organic. More, more people need to say organic like that. <laughs> it, it sounds extra douchey. Yeah, like like they should the uh, Whole Foods should train their workers to say organic like that. This is organic pomegranate. <laughs> All of our produce is organic. I have organic cheese in the back. Do you think you like might want to sample some? Oh my god, I do love a cheese sample, dude. Mm-hmm. This apple. Is organic, and we suggest you pair it with our organic cheddar cheese imported from a cruelty free farm in Wisconsin on a small plot of land that happens to be its own natural island separated from the rest of the world by a dam filled with fresh water which comes down from the rivers of, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I'm just picturing a weird island in the middle of Wisconsin just made of cheese. Yeah, I was... I stopped because I couldn't figure out where to go next, but also that started to sound more like Bjork than a hipster. I just have to say, why are we trading our um, Whole Foods employees to sound like either Bjork or Old Crones in the Woods and 2BH? What's the difference? <laughs> no, literally, what is the difference? Aren't, aren't hipsters basically just Old Crones in the Woods that listen to Bjork? Isn't Bjork just an Old Crone in the Woods? <laughs> From Iceland. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite Snatch Game episodes is when Katya is Bjork. Katya's Bjork is very good. I feel like she honed that implicitly. I mean, yeah, they're they're on the same wavelength of unhinged mental state. So, um, Iceland is a place that would be interesting to go visit because I don't, I don't understand how there could be a place that is so like pure and untouched (laughs) i know it's like the cover of a water bottle yeah like how like give me all of your health secrets um tori's been to iceland so um the health secrets is everybody just probably eats like a lot of cheese and like probably fish or whatever oh probably i don't know it's weird we catch our own fish 
Oh, they likely do. I mean, they're they're a coastal area, so yeah. I would imagine fishery is a large part of their um, cultural ecosystem. Yeah, dip your hand in the river. This water is safe to drink and is perfect pH. <laughs> Who doesn't like a perfect pH? Am I right? I mean, Arthur specifically drinks core bottled water, which is like a pH balanced water. Um, which I don't know. He just thinks he's fancy. But you know what I do? I drink good old New York City tap water because it's fine. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, it's our one-year podiversary. Um, we are with this episode. What fifty-two episodes in? Y- yeah. 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 This is 52, so um, the last one was fifty-one, and I mm-hmm. made a point to acknowledge that, so I would remember. Yeah. I mean, so we're we're a little bit more than half to a hundred, and um, Wow-y. according. According to most uh, podcasting blogs, they say that you should stick with it until at least 100 episodes because that's when you are like 100% functional in the groove doing your thing. But, you know, um, I feel like we're pretty much in a groove. I do feel like 2020 will hopefully be a year for important collaborations and further audience growth and new projects and more fun and maybe not taking ourselves so seriously in a way that will help us be more successful because lord knows we take everything very seriously when it comes to our podcast baby but um Wow, it's been a full year. This episode comes out literally on the anniversary of our podcast. And um, goodness gracious, what a year it has been. Um, I mean, just briefly, uh, what has happened? We have made a slew of podcasting friends, some that we're very close with and some that... um, we no longer converse with uh, for reasons that we don't have to go into. Um, um, yeah, and the people that we have uh, maintained contact with, we love you very much. Yeah. Very, very much. Yeah. Um, and, um, what else is going on with that? Oh, on the funny side of that, um, after I was telling you pre-production that uh, I went to go see The Grudge last night. Yes. And I texted... Casey from the worst horror podcast and I was like listen this movie is so bad I wish I had the finances to Venmo I hope you suffer so that way they can go watch it on me and then do an episode on it because it is that bad no 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 all all in the name of creativity Mm -hmm. but yeah so I mean speaking of I hope you suffer um we've kind of been circling around each other for a while so we have to finally collab in 2020 and yeah we've we've we we have our we have our friends um and at the worst horror podcast we have our friends at toil and trouble um well, yes, friends. Um, but you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> because it's me and Tori. Um, and I mean, we have learned some valuable lessons in starting your own semi um, business and learning how to expand that. And oh, we made a website. Um, 
we hung out a lot more this year than we have in the last six years. Yeah, we hung out a lot more. We've certainly rekindled a friendship that has matured and grown into an adult friendship and not just a I've known you since high school friendship. Um, we've talked about very serious things. We have supported each other in life moments that are good and bad. Um, oh, it's been a roller coaster of a year, but it's like I, TBH, TBH couldn't, couldn't picture doing it with anybody else other than you. So, yeah, no, I mean, this has been a great experience. I'm glad that we're close again. Um, I mean, honestly, like in terms of being from Springfield, New Jersey, you're really uh, like probably other than my family, like the last viable connection I have to our upbringing. Oh, um, same. Full same. Which is like totally fine. Like no offense to anybody if they grew up with us and they listen to this, which I highly doubt is the case. But like, I don't know. I mean. I'm sure you're fine. Yeah, like talk. you either, like like just like real life, you you either get stuck at an impasse or you go through that impasse. And people can get stuck at an impasse for many a reason, whether that be fear or mental illness or a mixture of the two or financial issues or et cetera, et cetera. But regardless, my point is, is that I think you would agree that we've both had to drop a lot of the parts of our past because they were just stagnant. They weren't growing. Or like uh, the people that we had to distance ourselves from were no longer giving us the energy and reciprocation that we were giving out. Right, yeah. you, you Like a certain yeah. someone who simultaneously almost ruined your wedding and then stood me up on mine. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. And um, I mean, I obviously don't have any excuses for this person. I still think she's a really great person at heart, but I think she has a lot of issues that she needs to deal with. And if she's dealing with them, I'm very happy for her. If she's not, um, I encourage her to. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think that we're just both Number one in our 30s now, which is like, whoa. Officially. <laughs> but also, like, w we talk about this all the time. Like, a big part of being an adult and uh, both establishing yourself as a fully-fledged adult, but then also sustaining your life, especially being married and having plans of a life with your partner in the future, is, like, constantly analyzing where you're at, figuring out what you can improve, figuring out what can go, figuring out what you should start doing. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that is a lot of what our conversations are, both on the podcast, you know, just like and in real life, like this shit happened, it's aggravating, or, you know, um, I should start doing X, Y, and Z, like, mm, I got to start eating more green vegetables, because I don't want to die, or I found a new therapist, or, you know, I'm on a new medication regimen, and it's helping me, or whatever, like, a lot of, especially spooky podcasts, and like, true crime podcasts, like, you know, um, just thinking about, like, my favorite murder, like they're very open about mental health issues and personal care 
and stuff like that. And I'm very grateful to have those, you know, um, front runners, those trailblazers to give an example of how um, those types of conversations can happen successfully and encourage others to take care of themselves as well. But I would say that, like, we're not taking any um, motivation or inspiration from any other podcast. I mean, we're both podcast junkies and we talk about other podcasts all the time. But, like, this is just us. It's very organic. It's what we do. It's what on our, is on our minds. Um, so that's still going to continue to happen. And my point, very long-windedly, is that I'm glad that we have created this space if for nobody else for each other to just talk about it and like you know like oops it's recorded and people can listen to it but like whatever you know yeah i agree and like for anybody out there who wants to talk about it hey we're here just slide into our dms we're we're pretty nice totally here my husband is a social worker um Lord knows we fight all the time about self-improvement and mental health issues. So we can certainly give you some tips and tricks and directions to go in, um, regardless of where you are geographically as well, because my husband is pretty good at that stuff. If I don't have answers to questions that you have, um, he could probably find one. So regardless, um, sentimentally, I am very happy that we started this podcast. Um, And holy shit, happy one year anniversary. Oh, Um, happy one year anniversary. It's like our wedding. Yeah, it's so weird. It's uh, what what is year one? I think it's like paper or something. Is that what it is? I, I, I think so. I don't know. We don't really follow those traditions. We just give each yeah. other gifts that we think we'll like. Um, but yeah, so um, yay for podcasts. Podcasts <laughs> are cool and they're not going anywhere. Um, and hopefully we can expand what types of media we're on in the, if not in 2020, maybe in 2021. I mean, honestly, it really has to do with like, who's listening? Like, are people listening? Like, do people have questions? Do people like us? You know? So, um, in 20- sometimes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in 2020, what, what I would ask, um, the listeners out there, uh, is, Engage with us if you really enjoy what we do. You know, hit us up on the Instagrams, hit us up on the Twitters, email us, go to our website, copulatorsdiverse.com, and all of the things are there for you to find to uh, get a hold of us. Um, I mean, I would love to just have more engagement with the people that are listening and do more, you know, fan uh, requested movies and um you know like special things um that are inspired by suggestions of listeners and stuff like that but anyhow um holy shit here we are we've done it baby um or as Moira Rose would say baby um Moira Rose I just finished season five last night and I was a wreck yeah it's a good show that Schitt's Creek it's a really good show and um 
honestly, Dan Levy is like the perfect man. And um, Arthur's lucky that our um, marriage certificate is a legally binding document. Um, I mean, that's fair. You know, Daniel Levy has great eyebrows. He has great everything. Like he's just—he's smart. He's kind. He's funny. He's handsome as fuck. Um, But anyway, um, we're not here to talk about my type, if you will. But any, uh, (laughs) oh my gosh! So uh, one year anniversary. What have we done in this year? We started out with an episode talking about what our favorite scary movies are. And that episode was called The Boogeyman and Demonic Potty Mouth. And during the Halloween, um, Homoween season, we covered 1978's Halloween um, in a full episode, which is my favorite scary movie. Um, But when we break down that first episode, the demonic potty mouth part of it is The Exorcist, which is actually your favorite scary movie. Um, And so it's like my all time favorite scary movie. Mm -hmm. So we thought to ourselves, what is the perfect way to round out this first year? And we said, hey, we've got to cover the other favorite movie um, from our first episode. So here we are. Um, if you haven't listened to episode one, I haven't listened to it in a very long time. I have no idea if it's good or not at this point, but it can't be horrible. I don't so, think so. Yeah. You know, if you want to listen to that first and come back, go ahead and do that now. Um, and then we'll talk about The Exorcist here. Um and celebrate all of its creepy demonicness. So, Le Exorcista. I always say that because the first time I saw this movie, like any part of this movie, it was on the Spanish version of HBO really late at night in, I believe, middle school. Um, and I watched a few minutes of it. but it was Spanish dubbed (laughs) and it was funny. So I wasn't scared because I was like, what the fuck is happening? I don't understand what's going on, but they say the word exorcist in this movie a lot. And um, I just remember hearing like exorcista and I was like, Oh, I guess that's how you say exorcist in Spanish. Um, But since then, I have seen this movie probably three, four, five times. And I'm not going to lie, every time I watch it, like, it's still not super scary to me, mainly because we live in now 2020. So a lot of the parts, especially the special effects, which were absolutely positively shocking when it came out, um are you know not as scary necessarily as they are to a modern audience but in 1973 you know i can understand how they must have been like revolting and horrifying and especially it's 1973 we're talking about catholicism and demonic possession and oh god you know my um, mom saw this in 1973 and she was 10 And when 
I told her like many, many years later that like I had seen this probably around the same age. Mm -hmm. She was horrified and revolted because she says it's one of the scariest movies she's ever seen. I mean, I understand, you know, um, and this movie is still kind of um, marketed as one of the scariest movies of all times. And I just don't think it's fair for like a teenager now to see it and then for them to be like, it's not scary at all. Like, I don't it understand. Is what it is. Um, um, people were fainting and throwing up in the theaters. Yeah. When like this people, came out. people were leaving midway. Um, I was, you know, doing a little bit of background research and. There was this YouTube video of some like commercial footage where somebody basically sat out in the lobby of a movie theater in Los Angeles and they were like, we've heard that people walk out mid movie. Um, We're here to see if that's really true. And like, lo and behold, a whole bunch of people started walking out like, like 40 to 50 minutes in. Um, And they were all walking out because, um, basically around that part of the movie is where we start to see like the true manifestations of um the attachment of pazuzu the demon um and like that's the first time that you see the full demonic makeup on reagan that's the first time that you hear the demonic voice from within reagan and the people were like you know it made me very uncomfortable. It was very scary. I'm shaken. Um, you know, this little girl with this really weird, like dark, dark, gloomy, gravelly, deep voice. Like, yeah, I get it. And also it's the seventies. Um, Catholicism especially has a much larger grip on mainstream culture as a whole. Um, you know, in 2020, Things are way more free thinking. Um, and, you know, it's normal to be gay now. Um, we still have a ways to go for our trans brothers and system, sisters in terms of, you know, that being normalized, if you will. Um, but we are far beyond where we were in the 70s. So now, sure, I get it. A teenager watching this movie for the first time being like oh it's the exorcist that's so cool i'm so excited sure you're gonna watch this and be like this isn't scary i've seen ten thousand movies just like this and yeah that is true because the exorcist has been a huge inspiration for a whole shit ton of horror movies since then including the slew of um sequels and prequels for the exorcist itself However, um, something that we've talked about a whole shit ton of times in the past and probably will again in the future is it's not fair to watch movies like The Exorcist, any movie that is, you know, quote, dated and a classic in the horror genre um, without considering the lens in which it was viewed when it first came out. So... If you were to have seen this in 1973, sure, this movie was like shit, bat, nuts, fuck ton crazy. Like completely out of like left field. Where did this come from? What the fuck is going on? Um, so yeah, it's 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 a 
it's probably also one of the best made movies like and not necessarily even just horror movies like it's a very well made movie um and this was also in the 70s one of the first movies to come out where there wasn't like the full set of um credits in the beginning like you're just dropped into this like it's like oh okay it started we're in iraq and we're at like a tomb excavation question mark and it's very much like where am i what's happening we're in the action already um and for this movie specifically i think that was a very effective tool um in kind of already shaking the audience from the beginning um but yeah the exorcist is um it's the oldie but a goodie and so like um i have a couple of like weird facts about the film they're Mm. not really necessarily weird they're just like hey things you might not have known so um since we're on the topic of Iraq in 2004, when we were stationed there, us troops wanted to actually set up, um, exorcist tours in Mosul, um, to boost like local economy to kind of generate some funds for the, the locals, Mm -hmm. like based on like filming locations, but, um, it didn't pan out because Al Qaeda. Mm, Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I just thought that was cool. I was like, I didn't know that they did that or that yeah. they or people cared enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming that a lot of the statues that they feature in the beginning of the movie are real, you know? Yes. Um, I know for a fact that we didn't have any um, diplomatic relations with Iraq at that point. So uh-huh. uh, William Friedkin, who was the director, had to use British crews. Okay. And he also had to um, train Iraqi locals on how to make movies as an exchange. Okay. Well, he did a pretty good job then, I guess. He Um, also had to donate a copy of his Oscar-winning film, The French Connection. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird request, but all right. Um. I, I guess, you know, they just wanted something to... Um, put it in the vault. Put it in the vault. Um, provide some cultural enlightenment, question mark. I don't know. I don't I've know. never seen The French Connection, so... Whenever. Me either. Yes. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. It is, it is 10.30. I'm not um, a morning person ever. It's the morning time. And it's fucking gloomy here, surprise. It's really gloomy here, too. I feel like we're just going to be in, like, a constant state of gloom for a while, which is typically right up my alley, but it's also quite um, moist. Oh, it's so damp outside. And all of my joints are like, mm, nah, bra. It's not happening. Um, and we have to go to, like, a party later, like, that... For- for this girl that like she's like a part of our friend group but like kind of on the outskirts of our friend group and like this girl's really good friends with one of our really good friends so we kind of have to go but I don't really want to go because she's a little bit um extra in like a white girl wasted like super basic 
um, when she gets drunk, sometimes she says things that are a little bit homophobic and or racist type of oh, way. Oh, okay. Um, and I just don't want to deal with that. I just want to say I felt bad no. that she was on the outskirts until you said that. But, I mean, she made that bed. She could sleep in it. Oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. And, like, our, our good friend, who was her good friend, because they went to undergrad together, keeps giving her, like, outs and, like, um second third and fourth chances um but i don't tolerate and have no time for that bullshit um and it's like no. one of those things i'm a where busy man like, i don't have time for that yeah it's like also not my place or arthur's place to be like let me sit you down and teach you the arrow of your uh, no as the token gay you're not supposed to have to do that it's it's 2020 it's and it's odd because like she's surrounded by homosexuals and queers like 95 percent of her life like everyone else in our friend group is either super queer um queer friendly or like flaming homosexuals or lesbians like butch ass lesbos and like it's only when she gets drunk, but like, hey, people's true colors come out when they get drunk. And then she like one time she brought up abortion and I was like, bitch, where we are number one, I'm not drinking tonight because typically when I drink now in my thirties, because I'm a thirty something year old homo, um, I get like depressed and then tired. So it's like I don't have time for that, so don't drink, Nicholas. But also, bitch. When you're blackout drunk is not the time to talk about your views on abortion. Um, yeah, so she's she's literally the biggest hot mess express, hot mess express I've ever met in my life, and wow. um, she's also one of those people that'll be like, I'm gonna host a party at my apartment, but then like let's go to the bar down the street instead. Like, no, no. That's if you're a hosting a party, you're like you're if you're hosting a party, you're hosting a party. Yeah, um, that's like that's like a pregame. Yeah, so you're hosting a pregame at your apartment. Yeah, so we'll go. I will sit there on her couch and probably talk to no one and say hi to the people I know, but I will begrudgingly do it, and I will only want to stay a few hours because in summation, with such gloomy, gross ass weather, I don't want to leave the house. I'd rather just like play video games and um, not worry about life because. Even though this was a weird, like, after holidays, only a few days of work type of week, it was really hectic and weird. And um, that is my Judy talk for the day. No, that's a fair Judy talk. Anyway, back to the exorcist. Um, Did you have any more fun facts? Um, I, like, so the exorcist is weird. Uh, But exorcist... Three, it, mm-hmm. it is weird. Um, so The Exorcist Three was actually Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. Ugh. He was obsessed with it to the point where he bought like the yellow green tinted contacts. Oh no! Yeah, it's a weird one. Did you have you seen The Exorcist Three? I haven't watched it in a very long time. Um, I, in full disclosure, have never seen any of the other Exorcist movies. <laughs> well, none of them are as good as the original. But I mean, yeah, I'll put them on my list. You know, I, 
I know that um, some uh, there, there's a lot of people are a fan of the heretic. Um, mm-hmm. um, so you know, uh, it's not like I don't want to watch them. I just have not watched them. Right, you just haven't gotten around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Brad Dourif is in three, so we should maybe head that to the list down the line. All right, whatever. Because I'm I, whatever. I enjoy him. Um, so before William Friedkin took the helm of this film, mm-hmm. um, other directors were approached, including Stanley Kubrick, oh. Arthur Penn, yeah, um, and Mike Nicholas, who all turned down the film. I'm surprised Stanley Kubrick turned it down, but also this would have been a very different movie given oh, I'm so glad he turned it down. Yeah, given his body of work, it probably would have not been effective in the way that it was. It would have been weird as fuck. It would have been like a weird hop fever dream. I wouldn't have liked it. He would have it tried would to make it bad. like more existential than it had to be, you know? Like this mo- this movie is inherently kind of out there and exist in la 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 existential already because of the topic matter. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't need you don't need to add any more weirdness to this. And like that's that's the thing I yeah, do appreciate I mean, what's about more, it. What's a lot. more ex- existential than yeah? What's more existential than having a literal fight with the devil? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Yeah, and and that's that is something that as I've watched it over and over again now, the, one of the things I appreciate it more about it each time I watch it is like it's very just like this is what's happening. Like it's almost. It's almost like documentarian where like it, they're just capturing what's happening. Like there's right. no pretense about it. Like it's just like, oh yeah, um, some bullshit's going up don't going down with some like, you know, ancient demon spawn, like friends of Satan, etc. Yeah, and there's um, no like bias whatsoever. You're not like rooting for one particular person. Yeah. Like 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 the question never comes up like is she or isn't she? She definitely is. Um, yeah, yeah. And and in a lot of other possession movies, the one of the main like revolving points is like, is this girl just crazy? Or is she actually or he, you know, depending upon the film, possessed by a demon of, you know, the Jewish ilk or the Arabian ilk or like, you know, um, mesopotamian ilk etc um but yeah so it's pretty cool the one thing (coughs) oh excuse me the one thing i will say is every time i watch this as well (coughs) oh my gosh the more i realize this movie is like shit fuck ton nuts crazy um because i always forget some of the things that happen since i watched it last like, um, I always forget, and maybe this is because I block it out a little bit, but whatever. I always forget the crucifix part. Um, oh, yeah, because that's edited out for TV. Yeah, and, and, and then I, um, as, as I told you a few days ago, I was like, I don't remember buying it, but I own the extended <laughs> director's are. cut, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the, the part about the statue, I was like, "Wait, what? 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 Um, like, th- like they're very um, 
graphic and um like no nos for the seventies, you know, like yeah. those parts like, like the black mass stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like especially the, the sexuality of this girl, like she's what, like she's twelve. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like maybe she's budding, but like not she wouldn't extent, be, she would she wouldn't be having these thoughts by herself this this soon. Also, I don't think I don't think any twelve year old, regardless of raging hormones, would get horny enough to shove a cross up there of a hoo ha. Um, no, 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 because no. That just seems like the wrong shape. Um, nope, that's a lot of rigidity. You don't want you don't want that. No, so. Um, yeah, I mean, we all know that, um, Linda Blair went on to have a rather illustrious career, so. She's a great human, inside and out. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. We love her. She also has an animal, um, rescue, and, um, that's great, and, um, she's perfect the way she is, and, um, and that's that, so. So, like, the, uh, another weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound director was mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to make the sound of Reagan's neck twisting. Uh-huh. So he found an old leather wallet with like uh, credit cards in it, and he just ripped the shit out of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exorcist oh. was also the first horror movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture. Right, and you know, like honestly, well deserved. Um. But there's been plenty of movies since that should have also been nominated and haven't been because apparently horror movies are not meant to be taken seriously. But yeah, they are. Go fuck yourself, America. Um, And I mean, I personally don't know any other trivia about this movie. Um, I do know that... um, year the year 2020 is going to be the year of nick trying to respect himself and take care of himself more and make himself a priority for him and i'm going to start i'm going to stop talking about myself in the third person now but hopefully i will have strengthened my back enough and lost enough weight um to go down to halloween horror nights in 2020 oh yes I would really love to experience the exorcist haunt because honestly, more than anything, I just want to see the robotic thing of Reagan crab walking down the stairs. That's really all I want. Right. Which was also edited out for the TV version. Yeah. Which I I mean, I get it. It's scary, but like, I don't understand why. Like, um, because like the, basically the the TV version is like completely lobotomized. Like all of the cool demon things that Reagan does are completely gone. Um, I mean, at least in my opinion. So, mm. but you know, pea soup, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. Um, honestly, I don't think I've ever had pea soup in my life. It's not bad. I'm sure it's fine. You know, I'm a big big fan of lentil soup. And what it's is like lentil and hammy. Right, yeah, like what is what what is pea soup more than just, you know, lentil soup, but it's peas instead of lentils and and there's ham, you know. Mm, yeah, delicious. Ham chunks. Love ham. Um ham good. Uh ham good. <laughs> I'm naming this episode ham good. Ham good. 
<laughs> um, uh, another thing is that, like, um, William Friedkin was, like, really kind of, like, not happy with the final edit in the last minutes because he felt like it was kind of rushed. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Father Karras is, like, thrown out the window. Right. And if you don't already know, um, it's alluded that Reagan herself and Pazuzu influence him to do that. Uh-huh. And in the actual written script, it was Karis's decision to throw himself out of the window. Okay. I mean, I think I always kind of figured that his life was pretty fucked and sad. Right. And he saw this as an opportunity to for lack of a better term, have an out that meant something to the world. Sure. Um, I mean, honestly, I do have questions about the ending. Mainly, I don't know if any of them will be answered by the sequels. But, I mean, my first question is, ultimately, him telling Pazuzu or, you know... I don't. Do we ever find out who the demon is in the first one, or am I just saying that because I know it's Pazuzu because of the internet? But I don't. I don't think they actually ever say it's Pazuzu in in the original. But he tells the demon, you know, come into me, leave her alone, and the demon does. And then he's like, "Oops, haha, you're in my body now, but I'm gonna die." Um. You know. clearly the demon isn't gone like he hoped it would be because there's all these sequels um so like is that ever explained i don't know so it's not it's definitely not in the first movie um because like you know they're asking for his name but he never gives it Yeah. yeah but i feel like well in the I think in the it's been a while since I read the book, but in the book I'm pretty sure um the other priest, I'm having a mind blank right now, but he um knows who it is because he spent time in Iraq. Well, right. So I, I the one thing I do know about this the, the sequels and or prequels is that the older priest that dies in the original has all this history with this demon because they've yes. kind of been they've been chasing each other their whole For lives. Years, yeah. Um I think and- it started in South Africa and that's where um Exorcist Dominion comes into play and that's like yeah. the last installment, which is like a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's that like weird, bald, not completely human looking person. Right. Um, not that I've seen it, but of course I googled many a thing when I looked up The Exorcist. Um, I've seen it or... a long time ago. Like, I think when it came out. So it's been like 15 years, at least. Mm-hmm. You know what would be kind of fun? Um, if, I mean, obviously, we're just spitballing here. But um, if we, like, stuck to this franchise and did all of the movies, um, or for, like, any franchise, really, that would be pretty fun i don't know why for the exorcist specifically i feel like i am being called to do that but let's like, do it i mean we, sh- we we can do it i i don't know if we should do it right away but that's certainly something that we can pick back up on in the next months or so um 
and uh, go through the whole thing, and then we can be like exorcist experts. Um, Let's do it. Exorcist experts extravaganza. Pazuzu. That's gonna be the uh, the theme song for Paranormal Pansies. Pazuzu. I just really love the name Pazuzu, and I know that Pazuzu is an actual real demon from history, so I don't want to fuck with him and or her because I don't know their gender and or sex. Um, but like, it's just a good name. Like, it feels good to say it, Pazuzu. It's like the word fuck. Like, there's that uh, it's Pazuzu. Like you mean it. Um, say it like you mean it. My friend actually named her cat Pazuzu, and I was like, oh my god, like the Mesopotamian sex demon, and she's like, nah, like the gargoyle <laughs> from uh from Futurama, and I was like, oh, good choice too. Oh, I didn't know that there was a gargoyle from Futurama named Pazuzu. Sure is, yeah. Mm. Well. We all know. Actually, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but you certainly know that my plans for next animals in our house is next dog we get, especially if it's a, another bulldog, will be named um, Gizmo. And um, and then th- we need to have another bulldog and name him Stitch. Yes. Um, you know, so I totally get naming animals after um, fictional characters. Um, that's or fictitious. How Fry got, that's how, yeah, fictitious, fictitional. Yeah, that's a, that's how Fry got his name. He's named after Philip J. Fry on Futurama. Hell yeah. Or Feline J. Fry, as they call him. I love that. Feline J. Fry, but also when we got him, he was really small, so he was small Fry. He was a small Fry. He was real small. Now he real big and he real bad. Uh, He's in the terrible twos. Oh, there's just there's there's just tomfoolery and um. Uh, charcuterie going on all over the place in your house. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I want: tomfoolery and charcuterie. Delicious. I mean, yeah, uh, give me some charcuterie right now. That's what I, I did would for New Year's. I made a charcuterie tray. I would eat charcuterie for breakfast right now. What would be a breakfast charcuterie tray? Like loose eggs, like <laughs> scrambled eggs. Put them on a tray. I mean, maybe there would be eggs involved, but like honestly, like just give me some like um, good cured meats, some good cheese, some crackers of some kind, and like maybe a fig jam. And um, I don't need no breakfast items. Like you don't even, don't even give me bacon. Like I'm fine with whatever. What if you what if you added like tiny pancakes? Okay, and maybe some like cheap caviar. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think I would like caviar. I think the texture would gross me out. I mean, it's not bad. But yeah, if you if it's a textural thing, then you're going to be like, no, abort mission. Yeah, that's that's where I draw the line. It's um, a texture thing. I don't know. Yeah. And like some people don't like boba because they've only had the popping boba. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, And I'm like, popping boba is probably the closest thing to caviar that you can find that is manufactured by man. Um but, like, if you've had popping boba, you haven't had OG chewy gummy boba. And, oh, and so good. That's that that's the bomb.com right there. Um, so good. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of food, would have Reagan getting the Holy Communion helped her in any way here? I don't think I, so. 
I was going to say, I don't think so. Like, I don't think she would have accepted it, one. Two, I think it just would have added chunks to her uh, pea soup barf. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. Pazuzu was, like, way up in there. He was like, nah, bitch, you mine now. Do you think Um, Pazuzu is, like, a manifestation of the stomach flu? Ooh. I mean, in many ways, that could definitely be argued that it is the case. But, um... It is not. She did all the rigorous medical testing. Yeah, she did a lot. She had brain scans and all the things. And they were like, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. And she's like, nah... There's something wrong with me. I just killed a man by pushing him down the stairs. LOL, JK. No, not really. I did it. I'm playing with that fucking Ouija board in the basement. Yeah, I mean, ultimately when it comes down to it, like, just don't fuck around with Ouija boards, you know? Um, I have, admittedly. I mean, I did once in Laura Alonzo's basement. I believe we talked about this maybe on episode one when we were talking about The Exorcist. Oh, we could have, yeah. Um, we talked to some guy and I was like, nah, bro, I'm out. Let's go back to playing the Wii right now because I don't need some like demon attaching itself to me. It's not happening. I don't need some Hasbro demon attachment. No, like I really, there's enough going on in my life and everyone's life where they just don't, no one needs a demon to attach themselves. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Yeah, like, I can manifest my own negativity, you know? Right. Um, I got plenty of that. Thank you, and goodbye. Thanks for coming to my Judy talk. And on top of that, like, um, in summation, um, to another mini Judy talk on top of that Judy talk, always close out your fucking Ouija session. Oh, 100%. Don't Don't just throw it in the box. Don't leave the fucking door open. Because that's how Reagan got screwed. Ouija safety is key. Also, don't play with it by yourself. No, never. And 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 you know if 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 that fucking thing is like flinging itself around that board, and you know you're not doing it, like abort mission. I know um, we talked about this like during the first episode, but like I'm astonished by like Ellen Burstyn's poor parenting. That and how that, she was just like. Mm. You're just playing in the basement with like a Ouija board that you found in this house that we don't own. Okay, sweaty. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, she should have definitely questioned that harder, you know, like. Yeah, she should have definitely pressed, threw it out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, not we, encouraged it, not played with her. Yeah. Like, especially because they're temporary residents of this home. Mm-hmm. Um, Like you have a bed you have a room that's great don't fuck with the homeowner's shit um don't rifle around in there and um i mean i know reagan's a child but she's like old enough at 12 to like know right from wrong and um i am not trying to victim blame reagan here because lord knows that is not what side of history i want to be on um but like I blame the parenting. Yeah, she should have she should have shut that down. She should have shut that down real quick. She um, also had an extremely lax childhood because like she's she talking really about did. like when we get back to wherever, can we just get a pony? Like I really want one. Like come on. Yeah, there's that that that's a good point. Um and and yeah, no, uh, 
in terms of I just I don't like the mom in general because like just I don't know why this sticks out to me so much but like in the beginning parts of the movie where she thinks that there's rats in the attic yep and she goes downstairs that one morning and she like barks orders at the guy that's Mm -hmm. the groundskeeper to like go get like rouse uh rouse um, rouse trouse i was gonna say rats but then i said mouse so it came out as rouse um but she's like go get traps asap and he's like madam there's there's no rats in 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 the in the attic like i've cleaned this house like there's no signs of rats she's like no i heard them there are rats but you don't believe me and it's like bitch you may be a movie star but like deal with other people the way you want to be dealt with and like in saying that i do realize that she's probably been um you know not treated fantastically because hi look at her and look at her life and look at her choices but like don't be a bitch just don't and then like I also love how she's like, but you can't go now because stores are closed. And he's like, oh, no, like, it's fine. I'll go. And then the the woman who's like making breakfast, the, the other housekeeper, she's like, but they're closed. Don't go now. They're closed. <laughs> um, In the book, they play a more prolific role. Like they have like their own side story. And it's pretty nice. I mean, I I like I, I love that for them. I love that for them. Yeah. Like the. I can't remember the whole situation, but I know for a fact Pazuzu also kind of, like, torments them a little bit um, because they have a daughter dealing oh. with, um, like, an addiction problem, and he brings that up. Of course he does. Yeah, Pazuzu is a slippery little fellow. He's an a-hole. He's an a-hole for sure. Uh, and based on his mythology... Or history, or whatever you want to call it, he does. He loves to not just fuck with the person he's aiming for. He loves to fuck with all the people around them too. So, right, that makes more sense to Nobody me. Nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. That's the bottom line. If your child's getting mm, possessed by a demon, you're gonna get fucked with too. Um, but you know, if you're Reagan's mom, all she's gonna do is just. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh. I know. In in the book, she's much less of like a hysterical female, and more of like very practical. And it's like, okay, well, this doesn't work. Let's try this other thing. Let's take her to this other doctor. Let's see yeah. what's going on. Like she's very practical. Yeah, like please, like please, like don't be Rosemary's baby, like part two. With this oh my book god! Show. Like you know, I. The only thing I think of is, like, had Stanley Kubrick directed this, it would have just been, like, a Shelley Duvall situation all over again. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And I don't want that for Reagan McNeil's mom. No. Reagan's cool. I like Reagan. But, yeah, so, Le Exorcista. Um, Le Exorcista. Okay, so Le Exorcista. Um, fuck, Mary kill. Right, right. Exactly. So, um... I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about this for a couple days. <laughs> I figured you had. Um, 
I don't know if I feel comfortable fuck marrying killing anybody in this movie because Reagan is a 12 year old adult only and she's the only character that I feel like has super redeeming qualities here um typically she's the only character that goes into a full character arc <laughs> right and and like typically I would like at least for like the fuck part I would choose like a throwaway male character who's pretty attractive but like none of the priests are redeeming in any way like I'm not gonna fuck the 70 year old mainly because he's a 70 year old and lord knows there's plenty of gay men who are into that I just that's beyond my chosen age bracket so no thank you the other priest um doctor doctor um father what's his name who throws himself out the window he's got, Paris. yeah yeah he's he's got too much baggage for me to consider fuck marry or kill oh that's um, fair i know for a fact that they tried to cast um pacino all right <sighs> al pacino even young al pacino i don't think i would want to touch him so ultimately what i'm trying to say here is i don't think i would want to fuck marry or kill anybody i would just want to adopt reagan and give her a better life i agree but financially i don't think i could provide for her the way her mother could but i think i would be able to mm. ground her a little more yeah yeah no she would have to get used to not living like the one percent um she would have to in comparison have to get used to poverty real quick yeah i mean just like but not necessarily quote quote unquote poverty but just like oh realize... in comparison poverty <laughs> well yes in comparison to you know this gorgeous house in dc but um she would learn that there is more to life than money and and that's really that's really where your wealth lies so yeah no in summation i would just save reagan from this situation and not fuck mary or kill anybody do you think had they not been the one percent that cps would have been addressed oh that is a very intriguing question um had this not been a white upper crust family huh. so 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 they definitely would have been would not have been going to the doctors that they went to if that oh. were the case um and no offense to doctors who like solely treat the upper crust um they don't typically work as hard as other doctors do that actually help uh, larger portions of the population especially in big cities um so i think they might have come to a better conclusion quicker if they went to different doctors but also um i would not doubt that they would have suspected that like the bruises etc may have been coming from inside the house yeah yeah um but then they would have come for a well visit and she probably would have been in that bed like throwing strained. Yeah. You just, and just like throwing obscenities left and right. She probably would have barfed on somebody or Pazuzu would have like found something dark in the past of the social worker that came because Lord knows that's probably the case because social workers become social workers for a reason. Um, and they would have like done the dead relatives voice situation with them um 
And it would have been a whole thing. It would have been a whole fucking thing. Um, I would pay to see that. I'd watch that film. That would be very, that's very intriguing. That would be cool. Yeah. Like a different, like the exorcist, but middle class. Yeah. Like average class humans. Yeah. Average exorcist. I feel like that's kind of where this movie is crippled. If you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it happens to a rich white family. It is. It's a little less um, relatable to a lot of people because of that. Um, not not the exorcism itself, but like, you know. No, the rest of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> the entire rest of it. And like, and like, so the first season of the Exorcist TV show, um, fantastic. Wonderful. Yes. Um, although our show does include spoilers, if you haven't seen the television series, I will not spoil it for you because there are a shit ton of twists and turns. And it's so good. Season one is so, so good. I didn't see season two. Maybe the pilot. So season one is like a masterpiece. Season two is like the sequel that's okay, but like where are we going with this concept now? Right. Um, Isn't John Cho in it? He is. He's like the main. I like him. Yeah, he's the main guy. Um, Also in uh, The Grudge. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate for him. Uh, it was unfortunate for him on many levels. Did you see that movie with him and Deborah Messing? That was like that thriller where his daughter was missing and stuff. No, I wanted to though. Did you oh like my it? God. I forget what it's called now, but that was a really fucking good movie. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he's like looking like all through her online presence and like yeah. from what I can gather about the the uh the trailer and maybe alluded that he had something to do with it and he didn't actually know. Yeah, like, so is it like this, they suspect him and then they right. don't, but nobody knows? Because it's like this girl had a life that nobody really knew about. And it's like, do they even know my daughter? Who knew my daughter? Do I blah, even blah, blah, know blah. my daughter? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was real good. But um, yeah, no, I, I think that the first season of the Exorcist TV show did a better job of grounding it in like, something that's more relatable to the larger chunk of America, even though they, the family in the TV series is also pretty wealthy. Yeah. Um, but like, there's more of like them living in the actual world. Like they have jobs, the subway, they have jobs. They go, they use the subway. They have money problems. They have daughters in high school and blah, blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. For sure. Um, but yeah, so again, in summation, I, I, I bow out on fuck, Mary kill with this movie. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any thoughts on fuck, Mary kill or no, I think we can bow out on that. I feel All like right. that's fair. We're just, yeah, we're going to bow out. We, we, we love Reagan, just not in that way. You know? We have a hard rule of films with children that we won't apply fuck Mary Kill. I I I think that's a good rule for us to stand by. So Yeah, I mean like you could apply it to the adult cast, but realistically no. they're not, they're no not important enough. Yeah. Um in in uh follow up to that, I don't think we really have to open the library here because Lord knows We've already talked about poor parenting skills here, so that's all we got to do. Poor parenting skills as well as um, 
rich upper white crust problems Mm -hmm. like oh i have to go to set for my movie that i'm starring in and there's like people that want to say hi to me but like oh i'm just like my life is so hard i'm so overwhelmed like what am i supposed to do like i'm so overwhelmed having to read this thing while somebody else takes care of my fucking children in my house yeah my entire life I don't have to worry about raising my child and uh, also creating a relationship with them. And that will hurt her in the future because she won't have any emotional connection with her biological parent. But, oh, my life is so hard. Um, anyway. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, come on. Um, what do you think is spooky, bitch? Um... A 12-year-old playing with a Ouija board by herself. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, it's the catalyst for everything that is that is to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole film is spooky, bitch. But I feel like the catalyst itself is like, hey, you went into the basement and you found this thing. And you, you know, decided to fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I will say... That, you know, as I mentioned earlier um, in one of my uh, Judy talks, um, the special effects in this movie are not as impactful as they were in the 70s. So, like, all that part is not really spooky bitch to me. But, and I think I probably said this in um, our first ever episode when we talked about The Exorcist and Halloween. um Hashtag callback again. Um, there's that one glimmer, if you will. It's it, it, the house is dark. It's nighttime. Bad mom is in the kitchen, and um, she is like looking through a doorway, and then she walks away. And there's the reflection of the demon's face in the hood for the oven. And it's just it's just a split second. But the first time I watched this movie, that really done fucked me up because oh, yeah. I was not expecting it. And um, I'm not going to lie. It's like the one image for this movie that I think is burned into my head more than like demon zombie Reagan. Um because it's creepy looking. Oh, it's creepy. It's real good. And and it was just like, it, it was very simple. They probably just, you know, uh, transposed that little, maybe it was a still shot even, of somebody in demon makeup on top of that film. And that was it. Um, but it was spooky, bitch. Um, and that's what I think was spooky, bitch. So, what else? I mean, ultimately, how could we have avoided this? I feel like we've already already covered this topic. Ultimately, um, poor parenting led Reagan to have a free-wielding feeling about her daily life and her upbringing. She did not understand rules and consequences in the way that maybe she should have at the age of 12. So she had no issue with pulling things out from possessions that were not hers 
and playing with a Ouija board because she thought it was just a game. So how could this have been avoided? Certainly, she shouldn't have played with the Ouija board, but maybe if there was a little bit of a tighter ship in this household, um, she would have not felt like, you know, rummaging through other people's things to begin with because that's not okay. Mind Uh, your damn business. Yeah, so that is how this could have been avoided. And um, I think we have come to the point of this episode, this CDF one-year podiversary um, exorcist extravaganza, where we must discuss our jack-o'-lantern ratings. Yes. Nicholas, would you like to go first? I would love to. I am going to give this movie a five out of five. Excellent. Same here. Five out of five pumpkins. I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody could have seen this coming, but ultimately it's a fantastically made movie. It's shot beautifully. Um, It feels very grounded. Um, A lot of the reasons why I love Halloween so much, it just feels very real. Um, there's no holds barred about it. Um, it's very like, organic. It's very organic. It's like these people are just dealing with what's being thrown at them. There's no questions of is this real life or not. Um, and that's what makes it very unsettling. Um, and I think ultimately what I've come to learn is that this is probably my favorite type of not only movie making, but storytelling. Um, so that and also because it's the exorcist and it's a superb classic that we cannot deny now or ever it deserves 10 out of 10 so boom shakalaka 10 out I know, of 10 i know i know rotten tomatoes gave it like an 86 which is fair i mean like i get it whatever like go fuck yourself though like oh you're so special on rotten tomatoes right. um and like it's I'm surprised I'm not gonna lie because usually those Google users you know they love they love their movies even the Google users gave this 87 percent which is good but I'm surprised it's not like in the 90s or something it's also rude in my opinion yeah how rude how dare you so IMDB gave it a 80 percent Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 84 percent Metacritic gave it an 81%, and Google users gave it an 87%. But you heard it here, folks. CDF gave this a 10 out of 10. So that is The Exorcist. Um, I'm glad that we took this time to celebrate its masterful excellence um, and round out our first year of podcasting. Um it's and how it, year. it's been it's been a fucking year both learning how to do this and just you know getting in a groove but also in our personal lives and we have grown as friends and people and podcasters and who knows what 2020 will hold for us but you can guarantee that we will still be here every week for some juicy gay content for your ears um 
And uh, as a reminder, Paranormal Pansies is coming. So we will be cutting back our spooky bitch scary movie time to every other week. But we will let you know when that is specifically going to happen. But it will likely be, you know, fingers crossed a very soon because I'm not going to lie. Um, I am excited to start exploring other more worldly things outside of just horror movies because I am finding uh, as I grow older to be very intrigued by the what ifs of the world. I agree. Um, in, in saying that, do you have any recommendations for this week, Ashley? Uh, Shit's Creek. If you want a little lighthearted television. Work. Um, I was actually recommended Lucifer on on Hulu. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I th- yeah. Um, did Netflix pick it up or did Hulu? I, I think it was Hulu. Some streaming service picked it up for like more seasons, and like everybody is like thirsting after the guy that plays Lucifer. Yeah, that's all I know about it. That's all I know about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard good things, so you know, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, what else is happening that I may have? I don't know. I've been in a a hole of watching Shit's Creek. They took Friends off of Netflix. My house is in a tizzy. I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, recommendations for me. Um, I don't really have any podcast recommendations for this week. A lot of podcasts are still on their holiday hiatuses. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, there's just, you know, those that go the extra mile, like CDF, and those that decide to take a vacation. Um, so just remember that. It, when when you are on iTunes and are considering giving us a rating or not, which you should, please and thank you. Um, but I will say, um, I don't know how I found this. I think it maybe just came up in my recommendations on Amazon Prime. But there's this... I think it's a documentary series. I'm still not sure if it's scripted or not. Um, It's kind of like those documentary-esque podcasts where I think they're real for the first couple episodes, like the black tapes. And then you're like, oh, wait, this isn't real. Um, Still not sure if this is real or not. But regardless, there's this series. There's two seasons of it. It's called Hellier. H-E-L-L-E. I'm sorry, no. H-E-L-L-I-E-R. And it's about this group of paranormal investigators and podcasters and bloggers, etc. And um, paranormal experts that come together and they're investigating this small town called Hellier, or however you say it in like the outskirts of Kentucky and there's this guy that contacted this one guy who has a now closed paranormal investigative service and he was looking for help because these 
small gray things started harassing him and his family at night. And he thought that they were coming from an abandoned mine shaft that's on the outskirts of his property. And are they aliens or are they not? Um, And then like this whole conspiracy unravels when they start looking into it. And I might have fallen asleep last night during one of the episodes. So I'm going to have to rewatch it when we're done recording here because I want to do that. But like also it like genuinely had me spooked. And I was like, I can't sleep in this room right now. So I had to go get Arthur because I was like, I can't (laughs) tell if this is real or not. But if it is real, this is damn spooky. Um, Sounds really good. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. So maybe it's something that we should cover on paranormal pansies could be um because it's quite paranormal but anyway um if you're into that stuff i would definitely go search for it on amazon both of these seasons are prime so you don't have to pay for them with your prime membership and um i mean otherwise every holiday season i try to catch up on video games um Luigi's Mansion 3 is pretty fun, I'm not going to lie. And um, if you have a Switch and you're into the Mario brand of games, it's definitely a fun little ditty. Um, But I think that's really it for recommendations as a whole. Honestly, it's the beginning of a new year. It's the beginning of a new decade. Everybody is like, I'm going to start over. I'm going to start fresh. But here is my challenge for anyone listening to this. Don't do your typical like bullshit. I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to lose weight, blah, 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 blah. New Year's resolutions. Honestly, what I really want to do this year is not put any stakes onto anything, but just do one small thing, maybe not even every day, but just one small thing that is going to affect your quality of life. And maybe that could even just be like telling yourself you're worth it in the morning. But I think a lot of people in our realm of the world who are into the dark and spooky, um, you know, deal with mental health issues, deal with self-esteem issues, deal with weight problems, deal with all the things. And a lot of us get very aggravated with ourselves because we're smarter than allowing ourselves to bring ourselves down on a daily basis. And in this new year, find something that makes you happy And do something for yourself, as small as it may be, that makes you feel like you're respecting yourself just a little bit more. And that's step one. And that's where I'm I'm at in in this early 2020. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But um, just do better for yourself. Make yourself your new project. Yes. My new project is to make sure I get enough sleep and drink enough water this year. Oh, girl. Yeah. No. I'm doing neither. I really need to get back on the um, fluids bandwagon. I also need to get off of the soda bandwagon. Like, I really need to get back to soda being, like, not necessarily a treat, but, like, a... a treat. I mean, yeah, but, like, you know, like, 
we're out, we're doing things, like, we're getting a meal at a restaurant type of thing, like, Mm -hmm. it should not be in my house, because then I drink it like water, and water it is not. That's why I don't keep it in my house, because I know I'm the same way. (sighs) Yeah, no, we've been, we've been bad, we've been bad, so. Happens uh, when you're an adult, you make your own decisions, and sometimes they're not good. Yeah, and also, you know, grad school and busy work schedules and, um, you know, uh, Girl, I know. schedules. You know, we all know. So anyway, um, I think that might be it for this extravaganza. I think so, too. Um, any, any parting words for the folks, Ashley? Thank you, pumpkins. We appreciate you. Yeah, I concur. We appreciate you as big or as small as the pumpkin patch may be right now. Um, Those of you that stick with us from week to week and give us feedback, whether it just be like a like on a picture or a really small little comment on a post or whatever. um, It's very encouraging. It's very appreciated. And, um, you know, I don't want to sound annoying, but I got to do it. Um, If you love us, tell somebody else that you think that might love us about us. And hopefully they'll become a part of the pumpkin patch as well. Um, We always ask you, if you haven't already, to give us a like, a review, a um, subscribe on whatever listening platform that you're on and if you are feeling generous go give us a rating on the apple podcasts application and um as always you can find all of our information at copulatorsdiverse.com but we are on instagram at copulatorsdiversepod we are on twitter at cdfpod our email is copulatorsdiefirstpodcast at gmail.com. And either than that, happy 2020. Um, happy one year anniversary to us and our little baby podcast who um, in human terms would be walking now. I don't know yet. I don't know how babies I don't work. know. I don't know. Does a one year old walk? Sometimes. I think they're calling. I feel it's like something that I should know because it's in my wheelhouse of work, but um, I'm also not a pediatrician, so I don't know. You're also Um, not a parent yet, so, you know. Girl, true that. And animals don't count because they come out of the womb walking, so. Sometimes. (laughs) Anywho, um, Shaka Khan and um, do something good for yourself and we love you. And thank you for going with us on this journey. Um, And I think that's really it. So do you want to close this out, Ashley? Sure do. We love you, pumpkins. Keep on creeping on. Goodbye. Bye.